Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. All right. This is going to be interesting, let me tell you. I probably don't need this mic. I have a big mouth. So the neighbors, I went and told everybody this morning, please bear with us because you're going to hear everything that I have to say today. You know, it's interesting to be here and to be at home. Oh, all right. In about five minutes, just go pick up some coffee or interrupt me or, or do something. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm going to explain to everyone how I ended up here. But the interesting is I felt this calling on me by God, and I felt this calling that I would be doing this one day. And uh, interestingly enough, John says, well, okay, let's see what happens. And a couple, oh, last year, he says, well, hey, why don't you go talk at the church plant out in Corona on New Year's Eve weekend? I said, oh, wonderful. So I go out there, and there was about 8 or 15 people there. And come to find out, that is the most least attended service of the year. <laughs> right? So then we come here, and he goes, hey, I'm going to be out of town Labor Day. Here you go. I said, all right, wonderful. I come to find out this is the second least attended <laughs> service of the year. So I'm just so happy to see all of you here. I'm happy about what we're going to talk about today. Um, I felt this coming and had prepared a bunch of little sermons. So when John gave me this opportunity, I showed him what I had, and he said, hey, I like it, but that's not what I want you to talk about today. He said he wanted me to share my story, and I'm going to abridge this as short as I can, because those of you who know me know that I could take a three-minute story and spread it out about 35 minutes. (laughs) So luckily, Sam let me know breakfast should be ready about 11.45, 12 o'clock. So everybody, if you want to run out, grab a coffee or some water, no, I'm thinking 11 o'clock, we should be done about 11 o'clock. But before we get started, I'd like to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for this opportunity. Before we jump into this, I just want to send a prayer out there and a hedge of protection over all those people in the Bahamas and on the east coast of the country as Dorian comes on to land over this weekend. But also pray that your spirit fills this building today. I pray that you fill the hearts of those here who need their hearts to be filled I hope you give me the words to pierce those hardened hearts and get them to open. I pray that everyone here could experience the peace that I've been blessed with as you come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to give you a quick little history. Uh, It's so nice to see a bunch of my family here. There's a bunch of people here that I've known for 35 years that will tell you that if I could be up here doing this, there's definitely got to be a God. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that song... uh, I never knew what amazing grace was till he reached a wretch like me, you know. And then there's that new song, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that saved my soul. And that's, that's how I feel. But uh, I was born to a mother uh, crippled in a wheelchair. And uh, for the first five and a half years of my life, her and I lived together in a state-funded apartment. Uh, and one of my sisters is here today. But we, uh, at that time, the state decided not to fund that anymore. 
and put my mother into a home and were putting me into the system. Luckily for me, uh, one of my sister's brothers uh, came and said he'd be damned to see me go into a home and took me under his wing. Uh, later, as I've become familiar with the Bible and learned more about God's story, I realized that I couldn't have been taken by the, a bigger Samaritan and a man of God than I was. He never spoke to us about it, but he lived it, he walked it, he taught everyone in our family to live right. As he got older and I saw him getting to the Word in his 70s when he was going to pass, uh, I realized what a man of God he was. And as I've learned more and come into relationship with God, I've realized how he walked his walk and led all of us to walk his walk without even knowing what was happening. And that's one of the things that I'm going to talk about today because we all have our, our walk. We all have our different ways of, of coming into relationship with God. Uh, being that I was Mr. Independent, uh, I got into all kinds of stuff. I've done things that I don't even want to tell you about. Uh, like I said, there's a couple men back there that could tell you this crazy fool came out here. But uh, as I came into a relationship with God, I realized that God had been along with me the whole way. When I moved into my aunt and uncle's house, we lived in an interesting part of New Jersey. And for the first couple of years of grammar school, I thought my middle name was Cracker. So, but there was, <laughs> some of you get that, some of you don't. Uh, <laughs> and there was, a <laughs> there was an old lady in the neighborhood that used to say, there goes that little white boy with favor. And I never knew what she was talking about until three years ago. So that's one of the things that I want to share with you all today. Um, really, like I said, I've, I've done a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of stuff I'm not proud of. I've done a lot of stuff I'm very proud of. I've been blessed with a wonderful family. But uh, how I got here, so a lot of you don't know how I got here, is I was trying to find a church for my two youngest children because I thought it was time for them to know God, not for me to know God, but for them to know God. I already, knew, I already believed in God, but I didn't know there was a difference about knowing God and believing in God. So we went to this church, went to eight, nine different churches, went to several different churches. Finally, this football coach, I heard him talking, and he had talked about how he was talking to the boys. And I said, hey, are you a Christian? And he goes, why do you ask? I said, well, I hear the way you talk to the boys. And I said, yeah. And he says, well, come to my church. So we went to Lighthouse Church. And the kids said, Dad, we like it here. So we started going to Lighthouse Church, and I jumped in like I do and uh, started going to church there. Then one day, it was actually June 5th of uh, 16, the kids weren't feeling well. I got up to go to church, and Heidi says, what are you going to church for? The kids aren't feeling well. I said, I just feel like I should go to church. So I go to church. All the way to church, I'm making excuses why I shouldn't go to church today. And Shirley, where's Shirley? Jim, cover Shirley's ears for a minute. <laughs> I came around the corner to Lighthouse Church just to see who was there. And the football coach was there. He wasn't supposed to be there. All the men were on a retreat. And uh, I can't even say it with Shirley sitting there. But when I saw him and he waved to me, I said, oh, GD, now I got to go. Right? So I reluctantly pulled into that parking lot and went to church that day. And as always, I sit right in the front. And who would know that day the visiting pastor was John Blue? Oh, this gets me every time. John was doing his sermon, we all know, with the cutting the branches of, of how we're disconnected from God. And it seemed like every branch he cut and threw down was one of my excuses why I wasn't going to go to church that day. And I'm sitting there like, 
WTF, can I say that? And uh, <laughs> what is happening? You know, I've done all kinds of stuff. I'd never experienced anything like this before. And uh, the Holy Spirit just fell over me. And I, I fell to my knees and just lost it. And I'd, I could see all through my life when God was standing there and I was running the other way. Now I know what that old lady was talking about. And I just gave it up to God that day. God called me and I answered. And that's something I'm going to talk about today. The, uh, I went to the pastor of the church and I told him what happened to me. And they told me, you've been called by God. What are you going to do? And I said, what do I do? You know, and they said, well, go talk to this pastor. So they gave me John's information. I called John up, and interesting, because John and I are kind of gruff. And I met with him, and he goes, well, what do you want? And I said, what do you mean, what do I want? And he said, well, what are we having coffee for? And I said, look, man, God called me and told me to walk with you, so here I am. What do we do? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm yours. What do we do? I don't know what to do. I don't know what this is. I'm, it's kind of tripped me out. I spent three weeks finding out who John Blue was before I made this decision. And oddly enough, the first video I pulled up with John Blue was him beating up a mascot. <laughs> I said, man, I am going to like this guy. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know John, he was a professional hockey player for years. After hockey, he gave himself to God and turned down some big sports opportunities to be a pastor. He's planted churches all over the place. But uh, he beat up a mascot. <laughs> he didn't get in trouble for it. Because there was no rules about beating up a mascot. So he got away with it. But anyway, that's how I ended up here with John Blue. So I said, well, hey, where's your church? And he goes, oh, Lighthouse. So anyway, rest of its history, here I am. So I am going to uh, go along my story a little bit about how I've come into this relationship with God. And hopefully uh, these words will reach some of you. The way that it's reached me. Do I need this? Yeah. yeah. yeah? All right. <laughs> I don't like this thing. You know, it's funny. I can't even see my own slides. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> this is our thing here at Pacific Point, to live and love like Jesus. And we believe that this whole thing is up in and out. And that's what I want to share with you today, because that's what I've been living for the last three years. So up is our relationship with Jesus, which a lot of us don't even realize is possible. In is our relationship within each other. And out is us sharing our stories with people. And I'm going to figure out how to work this. Hey, look at that. Okay, first we come to a relationship with God. In Romans 10, 9, 10, I use the New Living Translation because a simpleton can read it. It's easy. The words are easy to understand. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is openly declaring your faith that you are saved. This makes me think of the story when God was being crucified and the one thief on the side said he prays uh, to join him in his kingdom. And just by believing that he was God at that time where the other thief was telling him, well, save yourself and save us if you're really Jesus. The guy on the other side says, I do believe he is Lord. Please let me join you in his kingdom. And he did. If we believe in our hearts that God is our Savior and he was uh, crucified and died and, and reborn for us, then he is in our heart. Hey, this is working. Up, 
I think the next thing we have to do is we have to work on our relationship with God. To me, it's like a courtship. If when Heidi and I got together, if I stopped by our house for an hour every two weeks and left $40 on a nightstand, I don't think my family would be here today. That has got to be the best analogy. I was wondering how that was going to go today. So good thing John's not here. <laughs> Sorry, Shirley. But anyway, seriously, if you're going to have a relationship with someone, how can you have a relationship with someone if you show up once every two weeks for an hour and expect to have a relationship with them? God is standing there waiting for you, wanting to have a relationship with you. When I came into this, it's like I have on the bottom of my slide here. Most people say I believe in God. All my life, I believed in God. I was a good guy. I believed in God, and then I went out and did all the stuff that I was doing. How many of us can say that we have a relationship with God? You know, I hope that everyone here has a relationship with God. That's what I want to talk about today. Men, do you have a relationship with God? Amen. The, uh, when I started with John Blue, John Blue gave me the purple book. A lot of you probably have the purple book, probably did the first chapter, and it's in a closet. But as I started doing that purple book, and I started reading my Bible every day, and I started listening to my Bible in my ear, I got thirstier and thirstier and thirstier for the Word. I just wanted the Word, wanted the Word, wanted the Word. And as I started taking that Word in, and the Spirit started filling me, it was interesting because when you're not there, your body's controlling everything. Oh, I want, you know, whatever your vice is. I want sex. I want porn. I want whatever it is. Your body's controlling it, and your mind is telling you, how do I get that? How do I get that? Your mind's getting it for you. When you come into this relationship with God, God starts to connect with your brain, and then your brain starts to control your body, and then you walk in a place that you can even imagine walking. So I encourage all of you to get your Bible, even if it's 10, 15 minutes a day. Read your Bible every day. You'll be amazed at what happens because God's standing there waiting for you. Um, as we study and worship, I used to come to church 15 minutes late every day, like some of you do, because I don't really like folky music and didn't really get it. But then as I came into this relationship with God, I realized this isn't about the music. This is about God and I connecting and that spirit filling this building and my relationship with God. This was a time for me to praise God and to worship God and connect with God. And when you realize that and you come into a relationship with God, it's not about the music anymore. It's about the relationship with God. And you could feel him, man. You could feel God in this building. It's amazing what he's doing in Pacific Point Church. In our life groups, it's just incredible. Um, as we continue in this relationship with God, the Holy Spirit starts to fill you. In uh, John 15, 4, remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. That all comes along with fueling that growth and fueling that relationship with God. More prayer, more studying, more worshiping. Get into life groups. Get into different communities with Christians. Our men's group officially ended a couple months ago, but there was about eight of us that decided we really wanted to keep this thing going. And it has been incredible. But I got to tell you, there's eight different personalities for the most part there. None of us would be there together if it wasn't for God. And it is amazing what happens every week because we've opened our hearts and we've let the Holy Spirit in. Um, you know, we talk about pruning. Where's Luke? Here's my great man. 
You know, we talk about pruning and being connected to the vine. When you're connected to the vine and you're, you're, uh, you're being fruitful and you're bearing fruit, people can eat it. They love the way it tastes. Just like in the vineyard, they're pruning the trees. They're pruning the vines. Everybody says, well, you have to prune a good couple of good vines to, to get a good crop. The reality of it is if you prune a good vine, you may get a more fruitful vine, but there's a lot of vines that fall to the ground. And when they fall to the ground, the uh, grapes may get a little moldy. They may get a little mildew on them. But the guy tending the vineyard doesn't just cut that fruitful vine off because it fell. He'll lift it up to the sun, put it up, put it up to the sun, and it'll be enriched again. They'll hook it back to the vine, up to the trellis, or whatever you want to call it, and it'll become fruitful again. You know, a friend of mine, Ed, that's a pastor with a men's group that I go to with Dak and Paul back there, he talked about that this week, and it really struck me because we're all like that fruitful vine that falls down. We're going to have things in our life that happen, and we're going to fall down. But that doesn't mean that we get pruned off and disconnected from God. He'll actually lift us back up into the sun again. So the, uh, the big thing is having relationships with other believers and staying in that, in that mindset and staying connected to God. Um, I want to go back a minute. I think I missed something I want to talk about. No, that's good. Okay, more of the Holy Spirit. So we're lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. This is the biggest part of my walk with God is that coming into this relationship with God and realizing that we have to die to our old ways. We have to repent. We have to turn and walk and change what we're doing. Everybody talks about, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or you're doing that again. Things go wrong. Oh, God, help me. God, help me. I promise I'm not going to do it again. God helps you. A couple weeks go by. You turn around and go right back to what you were doing before. The reality is we have to turn, repent, and change our lives. And what I found is, is that God will change your life. For those of you who are here, especially in the men's group, when I first joined this church, we went to the men's group, and I was cussing like a sailor. And uh, little by little, it doesn't happen much anymore. But it's not by my doing. It's because I've let the Holy Spirit fill me. And little by little, a lot of these bad habits have changed. You know, um, We're all on our own walk. You know, this reminds me of, uh, I think it's uh, First Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, I think it's like 15 to 30. God talks about how we're all called for different things. We're all called for, some of us may be wisdom, some of us may be discernment, some of us may be evangelists, you know, go out and spread the word like I do every day. Uh, But don't discount what your part of God's plan is. The other thing he talks about in 1 Corinthians, that every part of the body is just as important as another. We're all part of the body of Christ. So whether you're a hand or a foot or an ear, you're just as important. Neither one of us is any less significant than the other. And we all have our own wants. You know, as I came into this relationship with God, I'm about three and a half times through the Bible in the last three years. And I talk to people all the time that it's amazing because before I used to open this book and all I saw was this book. Now I open this book and it's a pop-up book. I feel like, like I'm jumping right in it. I could see it. 
I see through it. I see the stories. I see the characters. I see the, the whole thing moving. It's like this church. When I joined this church, I have a business background, did seminars and things like that. I just saw another meeting and wondered, why does John do this? Why does John do that? Why does John talk to this person this way? Now, God's unfolded this church for me, and I see it in layers. A lot of you don't realize the light that you're being and the fruit that you're bearing to people that come here every Sunday. But as I'm looking around on Sundays and we're setting up and I'm watching what's going on, people are feeding off of you and you don't even know it. And that's where our walk comes in to be just as important as our talk. A lot of people can talk about it, but how many people actually walk the walk they're talking about? And a lot of you here do it without even realizing it. I have a lot of people here tell me, man, I wish I could go talk to anybody just like you do. But I'm that person that's out planting seeds and a person that's walking alongside of them or nurturing them or caring for them or just a kind jester. They're the ones who are watering those seeds. You know, and you look at somebody like Greg Laurie. He has a little church. About time, you guys chuckle. Uh, But he has a harvest, and it is a harvest. But Greg hasn't planted all those seeds. Those are seeds that have been planted, could be by you, could be 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, three days ago. And they're watered and nurtured, and they go to this event, and the Spirit fills that building, and bam, he harvests 20,000 people come to the Lord. But it all started somewhere, and it all probably started with someone like us just sharing a word of being kind one day. So, And that's why I tell everybody your walk is so more important than your talk. We could all talk about it. I could walk in any room and talk about Jesus. It's just a beautiful thing. I have all kinds of tricks. You know, my new one is I walk in a coffee shop in the morning. Everybody, I say, hey, how you doing? Everybody says, how you doing? I said, hey, man, woke up breathing, and God loves me. What could I say? Next thing you know, we're having a conversation, you know. <laughs> Or, this is my new favorite, I'm at work, and I see somebody that needs Jesus, right? So I'll start talking to them, getting their conversation. I've been blessed to be able to chameleon into just about any type of environment. I mean, I shared the word with Death Row Records not long ago at Rodney's house. They didn't see me coming. But uh, I'm in a group of contractors the other day, and I'm like talking to them, talking to them, and they're cussing, they're yelling, they're talking about cards. That's how the conversation started. And I said, you know what, man? I got just what you need. And I started digging in my pockets. And they're all staring at me, and they're expecting me to do something vulgar or whatever. And I reach in my pocket, and I say, you need a little Jesus. I carry a little Jesus with me everywhere I go. <laughs> so everybody needs a little Jesus. <laughs> Woo, this is so good. You have no idea. I'm hoping you enjoy this as much as I am. Uh, you know, we all have our own journey. Collectively, we all come together. All of our walks come together. We're all called by God for a different part of this divine plan. There's a lot of people here visiting. One of my best friend's uncles are here I met 35 years ago. My wife's family, some friends of mine. There's a lot of people visiting here that I've come across in my everyday things and shared the word with them a little bit. And they're here today. And I truly believe that the only reason I met Bob and William's sister 35 years ago was so that they could be sitting here today and hear this word. So I'm just grateful that you're here, brother. Um, Our new life in action, it's an opportunity. We've been given a gift. We've been given an opportunity to share this good news. 
I would love to have people speak of our church and our community as the Pharaoh spoke of Joseph in Genesis. The Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? That's how I want people to talk about me. That's why I want people to talk about us. And it's not by your words, it's by your actions. Uh, as our relationship grows, we become more filled with the Holy Spirit, and we begin to bear fruit. And how sweet is that fruit? I can only tell you. The, uh, what gets me is, when I think about this, is that if we go to a restaurant and we have an incredible meal, or I go to an Italian restaurant and I have the best tiramisu that I've ever had in my life at Gravillo's over there, I'll go out and tell 10, 20 people, oh, man, you got to go to this restaurant. The dessert's incredible. It's incredible. But we're given this gift by God, and we're given this peace of God, and we feel we got to put in a closet or put on a nightstand with our Bible. This is the best gift you could share with anyone. It reminds me, my favorite quote in the Bible, which I, I just, just re- over my life, it's uh, Philippians 4, 7. And it says, then you'll receive God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. And his peace will guard your mind and your heart as you live in Jesus Christ. And I can attest to you that I have never had the peace that I've had in the last three years. I used to always have trouble sleeping, had a lot of angst about things happening in business. I've come into this relationship with God, and I I have peace that I just, I don't even have words for you. Heidi could tell you, because I snore more now than I ever did before in my life. The... uh, so God bless you, baby. Uh, Luke 12, 13, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. I have to tell you, in a short time that I've been here walking with John Blue, the enemy has thrown the sink at him and Chris. And I have to tell you, I have seen time and time again at that final moment God come through. I've been experiencing it in my life. I have something going on right now that a couple of people are like, hey, man. What's going on with that? I said, oh, no, I've given it to God. It'll all work out. Two days before I needed to work out, I get a phone call. Hey, man, I want to help you with this. And uh, praise God, problem solved. But it was all on him, but we have to have that faith. We have to hand it over. Stop worrying about what you're going to give up because you have no idea what you're going to get. You know, so many of us are so worried about giving up what we have, it doesn't matter. Because what you get, I can only tell you, is incredible. You ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse? No. Can't take none of it with you. You know? So uh, it's amazing. You know? No one wants to let go. Let go. You got to give to get. Give it up, and God will give you everything that you desire, everything you need. And I could tell you that the wealth he gives you is ten times more valuable than anything in this world. I was in New York not long ago. And someone asked me, Ed, I had a company that I thought was going to be my retirement and ended up going away. And they said, hey, man, if you could have everything that you had back and your retirement, because I had planned to retire three years ago, would you trade it? And I told them there's not a chance in the world that I would trade what I have now for what I had before. So I encourage you to give it up because you don't know what you're missing. Our new life in action, be a light. That's what we're talking about. Be a light to people. Let them see Jesus through you. I was hoping Regolio would be here today. I want to talk about obedience. Uh, I've been very obedient. I've listened to God, and I know Heidi finds that hard to believe, but I've been very obedient. Uh, 
The other day I go to an upholstery shop to meet a gentleman who I hadn't done business with in three years. There was an employee of mine who tried to be a light to me forever. You know, Chuck Smith actually tried to be a light to me 20 years ago, and I told him that he, he had a foo-foo, silly church, and I wouldn't go there. The, um, you guys know who Chuck Smith is, right? God, I thought I would got more out of that one. The, uh, anyway, I haven't seen this guy in three years. I go in his business the other day to do a little job with him, short talk, and I walk out of the building, and I get my car to leave, and God tells me, go tell him where you are. And I'm like, no, I'm good. So I start my car back up, and I'm like, you know what? tells me again, go tell him where you are. I was like, okay. So I pull back forward, I shut the car up, and I walk in there. And I said, hey, Rogolio. He goes, yeah. And I said, I got to tell you something. He goes, you don't have to tell me. I go, what do you mean? He goes, the light of Jesus is in your eyes, Eddie. And we had church in his building for about 20 minutes. And it was the most incredible thing. <clears throat> Swear I wasn't going to lose it today. Uh, <laughs> in Mark 16, 15, and then he told them, go into the world and preach the good news, the gospel to everyone. We're all called to share the good news. And you don't have to be a holy roller. You don't have to be that person out with the sign. All it takes is a little kindness. Be kind to someone. Care for somebody. Stop judging people. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. It's kind of the morals and ethics that any good person wants to live by, but I could tell you it all comes from Jesus. John 2, 24 to 27. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught. All oh, these glasses work. From the beginning. If you do, you'll remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in his fellowship, we enjoy eternal life that he promised us. I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true and is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. To sum that up for me, God has put the words in my mouth so many times it has blown my mind. I put myself into situations where he's told me to speak and I've spoken. It's been interesting. And then I've re- looked back over these things later on and realized, man, where did that come from? He's put the words in my mouth. There's going to be people that are going to try to tear you down. They're going to try to tell you this isn't real. They're going to try this. You have to have faith. You have to believe in God, and I can tell you that he will be there for you 100%. I've shared the word with people in places where I don't know where the words came from. I'm obviously not a, uh, don't have a degree in theology. I haven't studied, but I can tell you that I am so filled with the Holy Spirit. I could talk to you about any part of that Bible there is. Because God puts the, puts the words in your mouth. And I have to tell you, there was a time where I got all fired up about this. And I thought, oh, man, I am the stuff. And uh, that's one of John's two stuff. But uh, I went into this place thinking that it was all about me. And I was going to teach these people about God. And I got the worst smackdown in my Christian walk ever. And I called John. And I was like, hey, man. He goes, all right, who'd you save today? And I said, no, I just got beat down in the worst way ever and could not understand what is going on. You know, this was so good. But as I drove and replayed this in my head, I realized that it was about me that day. And it wasn't about God. And it wasn't God asking me to talk to these people or telling me to talk to these people or putting me in front of these people. I decided that I was going to go tell these people about God and they were going to listen because it's me. And it's not about me. It's about Jesus. 
Um, where am I? Okay. I'm going to get close to wrapping up for you here. Shine brightly in Christ. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. God is working in you, giving you desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and he will share that joy with you. He's, this is what he's called us to do. And if we do it, it'll be amazing. But I want to close with this. We're the church. John talks about this all the time, that we are the church. We are the church. It isn't about this building. It isn't about the music. It's about spreading God's word and being a good representative of God. Have the attitude of Christ. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. And I could assure you that when you put your selfish things aside and start living and, and doing your life to help others and share the word with others, God will give you everything that you need and everything you desire. And like I said, it is just the most amazing place. I pray that all of you can feel this peace that I've been blessed with because I, I really don't believe I deserve it. So... Your walk is more powerful than your talk. You know, stop talking about it, be about it. Nike got it right, just do it. You know, so get out there and uh, be the church. So that's all I got for you guys. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.